contemporary culture, it seems like uh, the debate over science and religion creates polarization, uh, confusion. Uh, it's, it's not getting less, it's getting more. And the debate over science and religion, I think, needs some um, healthy uh, balance. And I'd like my remarks uh, in the following few minutes to um, maybe pursue some of that balance. I think we all know most of the major voices out there. Uh, there's the New Atheists, led by Richard Dawkins. Uh, we also think of Daniel Dennett and uh, Sam Harris, um, E.O. Wilson uh, prominently in the group of New Atheists that are out there. Um, they claim that science and the findings of science, such as evolution, um, make Christian faith uh, less credible, um, close to irrational. Then on the other side, you know, you get the, uh, the creation uh, science people who have almost an alternative science, a, a young earth orientation uh, and other kinds of things they do to say that um, one way to protect Christian faith against those who use science against it is create an alternative science. And then to interpret the Bible relatively literally, those kinds of things, I think we all know uh, what I'm what I'm referring to. Then we also have a relatively new development. Uh, last 20 years or so, we've had the um, intelligent design movement. Uh, Bill Dembski, Michael Behe, and others have written works that argue that from within science, we can find um, gaps in explanation, things that science cannot explain uh, with its evolutionary methodology. And those things would be candidates for God's direct activity. Uh, the the uh, bacterial uh, flagellum, for example, the little tail on the back of bacteria has like been the number one topic of conversation uh, because they think science has no explanation for how it came to be. Uh, then there's this other group that's been around for a long time that, for want of a better term, we call theistic evolutionists who want to say God and science are compatible, and even the findings of science, such as uh, evolution, are compatible. Now really, all of these categories have people falling under them along a spectrum. And the spectrum of theistic evolution is uh, pretty broad. Uh, anything from Teilhard de Chardin to Henri Bergson, both of whom I would reject, um, to more balanced orthodox people such as uh, John Polkinghorne at Cambridge who does a lot to bring um, science and Christian faith together. But those are the voices. The new atheists, the creation science people, the ID, ID people, uh, intelligent design people, and the theistic evolution people, who I think we could kind of, we could kind of chart them out along a spectrum. And there are sort of different postures you can take toward how to approach the relation of religion and science. One would be uh, conflict. This is clearly Dawkins's model, that there's a conflict between what science brings to our attention, uh, the facts it delivers to us, and the claims of faith, so that the two are not compatible. If you accept one, you cannot accept the other, and vice versa. That's the conflict model. Uh, probably a less um, aggressive model 
one that seeks a kind of peace or detente, as Henry Kissinger used to say, is uh, the compartmentalization model that science is over here doing its thing, religion is over here doing its thing, never the twain shall meet. Uh, Steve Gould, before he died a few years back, uh, up at Harvard, used to talk about two separate magisteria. He was keying on a, a papal encyclical that talked about the magisterium, the, the domain of authority that the Pope has, his magisterium. And so Gould says, well, why can't there be two separate magisteria? Science has its range of authority. Uh, religion has its domain. The two don't need to meet and uh, have, have lots of sparks fly. Uh, both of those seem unacceptable to me for reasons I can't go into. I think they might seem intuitively unacceptable to my listeners. Uh, I would say that the dialogue model, a third model, is getting much more to um, the, the, the point of what I would like to see religion and science come to. At least they have to talk. There's a chance for more understanding. There's a chance for less hostility if there's dialogue. And so there's a lot of, um, of work been funded uh, in the last oh, quarter of a century by the Templeton Foundation in Philadelphia trying to have conferences, fund book projects, and so on, trying to get scientists, theologians, philosophers to talk to one another and gain mutual understanding. Um, and yet I don't think but that's quite as far as I would like to go. I think if you have an orthodox, um, historical understanding of Christian faith, you know that all truth is God's truth no matter where it's found. The Bible may or may not address it directly, but the Bible sets the principle, and Christian theology sets the principle, that all truth is God's. And so I would like to see a fourth model an integration model where we say the thoughtful, educated Christian in any of life's callings, ministry or some other calling, needs to always be working toward a total worldview that accounts for a lot of different domains of knowledge and the different domains of reality that are investigated. Not all are directly addressed in the Bible or in theological teachings. But we all know that they rest on a creator bringing about a finite, rational, created order that has, has laws by which it operates and is able to be penetrated and understood by finite minds in an ongoing process. We're not infinite. We're, we don't have comprehensive and infallible knowledge. But God has given us this amazing gift of engaging His world through a lot of different avenues not all of which are addressed in strictly religious sources. So my feeling is we honor science as a kind of gift, as one more disciplined way of knowing something about a certain dimension, the physical dimension of God's creation, the natural order. But we don't let science sort of get out of its, uh, get above its pay grade. And, and, and let people draw conclusions from science that are really theological and metaphysical, like, well, then there must not be a God. Or human beings must be nothing but complex animals. Or we can't find values in the natural world, so there must not be anything that we would call objective values. Those are 
are ways of drawing con inappropriate conclusions from science that are way above its pay grade. Much better to say that science itself is put in context, put in perspective by a Christian doctrine of creation. That creation is good and investigating it is good and gaining knowledge about it is good, but all that knowledge is going to have to be brought under a Christian framework. So there needs to be no paranoia, no fear of science. There can be more than dialogue, there can be actual integration. As science perhaps brings interesting facts to the, the awareness of thinking Christians, uh, facts that raise interesting questions for further pursuit, but also that theology brings perspective to science. This is something done in God's world and we value it. What we're really saying is Christian theological understanding paints a worldview picture in which science makes good sense. We're rational beings creating God's image who's rational. Uh, the created order is rational. In effect, we're, we're told by Christian theology that mind, the supreme mind, precedes matter, is prior to matter. What is the competing worldview really out there in our It's the new atheism. It's the Dawkinses and his crowd. I would say that's naturalistic atheism. It's the outright denial that God exists coupled with a naturalist explanation that only matter is the ultimate reality and everything is explained by that. Does that mean that mind is subsequent to, posterior to matter? Does that make good sense? And that there would ever be a creation uh, with order and rational structure that we have? That makes very little sense to me. So just in terms of, of, of what this debate on science and religion really means in our culture, if you follow it to its root, it's a clash of worldviews. What makes best sense of the evidence? The evidence of our being rational, being able to pursue science, the evidence of there being a rational world to investigate. I think if we had time, we could do quite a bit with this whole idea that it makes much more, more sense on the Christian worldview for there even to be science than on the naturalist worldview. We could go on and on with that engagement, but that, that's, I think, uh, where we really need to pitch this dispute over what makes better sense, Christian theological understanding or naturalism, and I go with Christian theological understanding.